Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the DE Podcast. I am back here with Akram Rage, and today we have a big episode. I mean, in the past week, we've had really big games, the All-Star Draft, and the NBA trade deadline. So much has been going on, not just in basketball, but in sports with the Super Bowl coming up tonight. Um, but I think since we have so much, we can just get right started. And before we begin, um, make sure to subscribe, like, download, because let's just say after, during the podcast, we have a big surprise, and it's going to be really good for the podcast. So, Aiken Rage, I think you could take it away. All right, yeah, so let's just go into, first, the games of the night from last night. Um, Saturday, we had a primetime ABC game. We had Warriors versus Lakers, and this game was absolutely crazy. It went down to the wire. But the Warriors were able to get the win, uh, 117 to 115. So super close game. Uh, so just to kind of give a game summary, the Lakers were down by 15 uh, in the second quarter. But they managed to come back a little bit and were only down by three at the half. And then around the th- late third quarter, at about 88, 89, the Lakers took the lead. And uh, this back and forth really continued for the rest of the game. Uh, but notably, uh, the Lakers had a six-point lead with about five minutes left, but some absolutely crazy things from Clay Thompson uh, gave them the lead again with about one minute remaining, and they were able to close it out. So just go over the leading scorers. Clay Thompson had his best game, best game uh, in his return. I think it's about been about 17 games since he returned, and he dropped 33 points uh, with three clutch threes in the fourth quarter to both tie and take the lead in the game. Uh, great performance from him. Steph Curry had 24 points. He didn't have that big of an impact after the first half. I think he only scored like two or three points in the second half, but a good game from him overall. LeBron led the Lakers with 26 points, 15 rebounds and eight assists. He all, but his performance honestly to me wasn't that good because he shot pretty inefficiently and he missed a game tying three and a game tying layup uh, in the final minute. Uh, Russell Westbrook had 19, and honestly, it was a good game for him. He was very efficient. He shot 7 of 13 from the field. Uh, I, I would like to see Russell Westbrook have more games like this. And then finally, wrapping it up with the Lakers scores, we have Anthony Davis, who had only 16 points. Um, I think that he honestly needs to play a lot better than that. He just shot so many jumpers. Uh, didn't really post up much. Didn't get many layups and dunks. Um, so I guess my question is, uh, with, with how good this game was and how – likely the Lakers are to probably only be around like the six to seven seed in the West. How excited are you for a Lakers Warriors first round matchup, which could really be a big possibility now? I mean, based on this game, I mean, Clay, it's like, it's so good to see him play so good again. Um, I mean, overall, the, the Warriors played well. I mean, Curry played average, I guess. Clay played extremely well. Their rookie, Jonathan Kaminga, he had like 16 or 18 in the first half alone. Um, and then also Steph Curry was out for on the bench for most of the fourth quarter, so didn't get too many minutes. Um, but with the Lakers, I mean, it, it did look like Anthony Davis was taking so many jumpers. I mean, I watched it. I watched most of the game. Um, so I definitely think that he has to do better than that. Um, but I think it would be a good first-round matchup. I mean, definitely something that would be surprising considering the fact that they're two really good teams, but... One person that impressed me a lot in uh, on the Lakers was Austin Reeves. Um, Austin Reeves, I mean, obviously he kind of got more awareness into the league when he made that game-winning three against Dallas. But you know, yesterday he had a really, a really beautiful chase-down block against Clay, um, and he played super well overall. So definitely a good steal because he was undrafted. Um, so honestly, I yeah, I think it would be a good series. I mean, I, I like it because of the star power. Like, you have Steph Curry, uh, Clay Thompson, who are both, you know, considered all-stars. Draymond Green, who has been an all-star. Then Andrew Wiggins, a new all-star for the Warriors. Right. Um, the Warriors have a lot of depth, a lot of fun players. Gary Payton, Jordan Poole. And then on the Lakers side, you have Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook. So, like, that's insane for a first-round matchup. If you just think about, like, the, the number of all-stars, like seven all-stars in a first-round matchup, that's, that's just crazy. Yeah, I mean – um, I think it would be crazy. I think it kind of just depends on how both teams come into the playoffs because, as we know, the Warriors weren't in the playoffs last year, weren't in the playoffs the year before. So the last time they were in the playoffs was in 2019 when they had their run 
to the finals. Obviously, lost to the Raptors, which is good. Um, <laughs> but no, but in all seriousness, unfortunately, Clay got the injury. The Warriors struggled, and I think you have to give credit to their to their front office, to Steve Kerr, to Bob Myers. I mean, they literally rebuilt this team from the four up after 2019. They dealt with Clay's ACL injury, still kept him. Obviously, traded KD away, um, but honestly. They have a great team right now. Steph Curry, who's playing pretty well. Clay Thompson, who's coming back strong. Draymond is out with an injury still. And then James Wiseman. So that kind of gives a little hint. Like when they come back, they're going to be even better than they already are. Like there's Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, Gary Payton. So they have like a good young team. And it's not like, oh, this is the, this is the 2018 Warriors. Now they're old. Like, no. no. Like, I mean, I, I guess you can say that like they have some veterans like Curry and Thompson and Green, but you have young guys, and especially when Curry, Thompson, and Greenleaf, it's not the Warriors are going to suck completely. I mean, they, they still have solid players, and I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, go and be, become, like, maybe the new generation of the game or something like that. Um, but also, I think we can move on. So, speaking of the Raptors, we had a very terrible game last night. Um, we had the Raptors-Nuggets game, a crazy close game with the Nuggets winning by one point on a game-winning buck, which was supposed to be a foul. We don't talk about that. Um, the leading scores, you know, my boy, my all-star snub, Pascal Siakam, got 35 points and 10. Van Vliet, solid 25. The Raptors should be all-star duo, showed out. Uh, Jokic did play really well. I have to give credit to him. 28 points, 15 rebounds, six assists, and clutch plays on both ends of the court. Like, he's huge, so I think he definitely used his size to his advantage. Raptors' eight-game winning streak is snapped. We were going for the for the league best like thirty five game winning streak, but it's all good. Um, <laughs> but um, I think I'll start with my opinion. I mean, on the thoughts of the loss and where we stand, I'm actually really happy on the season. I mean, we beat really good teams in our eight game winning streak, and it wasn't like disappointing. Like we beat the Hornets, we beat the we beat Miami, we beat Atlanta, um, we beat Houston, we beat. I mean, I mean, obviously, Houston oh, yeah, the, like, the powerhouse Houston. <laughs> yeah, I know, powerhouse Houston. But uh, no, but Houston would be easily, we'd be another bad team pretty easily. I already, oh, the, I already forgot who, but we'd be somebody pretty easily. And I'm not disappointed on this watch because the Nuggets are a really good team, and Jokic definitely played well in the clutch play. Um, I think that there was a foul on that last play, not the block. The block was clean, but right before the block, um, I, I think it was. Um, Will Barton, who was holding on to you, like shoving Ananobi, and then Ananobi went up and got blocked. But anyway, I'm not really like on where we stand. We're six in the East. We're 31 and 24. Um, so definitely have a are well above 500. Um, we need to play like the Brooklyn Nets in order to be bad. So we're okay. <laughs> um, but um, I think we're a game behind Boston. If Boston loses today, we're two games ahead of them. Um, so I think that. I think that we're in a good place. I mean, I wouldn't. I would. I would like to just have us just make the playoffs and not have to worry about the playing tournament. But again, if we get the seven or eight seed, then we have two chances to make the playoffs, and I know we'll definitely get one of those for sure. So, um, I my expectation make the playoffs. I'm not like probably losing the first round, but you know, pick up a good series. You know, honestly, uh, like for the last point, I honestly think that they could. Depending on who they play, I feel like if they play like the Sixers or even the Bucks, maybe they could honestly win that first round series. Um, again, the right because obviously the Bucks, they're they haven't lost to the Bucks this year. It's like the Raptors, they just have Giannis's number, they always shut him down whenever he plays <laughs> against them. So I feel like the Bucks would be a really good series for them, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, like the Sixers, even well, we're going to talk about the Sixers later, but. Uh, I, I think you could do something against the Sixers, especially if you can lock down Joel Embiid. And the Raptors, for some reason, they always are really good at, like, locking down the centers <laughs> of the opposing teams. Well, last night, it was kind of different. But, like, no. But, no, but in general, our defense is, like, super good in the clinch moments. It's, it's just we had a really big fat Nikola Jokic in our way. Um, so he was going and going for it. But Jokic is, like, incredibly good in the paint, though. So I have to give credit to him. But especially – even though our guys are big and tough, like Jokic is just like, like really good physically. He can box out. He can, you know, lock you up on defense and everything. So um, I'm not mad. We, we played well. Um, but especially now, I mean, we'll talk about it later. But with the trade deadline, we got a decent player. So hopefully he can help us out in that area. Um, 
so yeah that's what i think about it um but guys we have a i guess you could say sponsor it's a mini sponsor today um it's mainly to raise awareness about something that's going on in the world so today's sponsor is the american heart association so just a little backstory so yesterday my parents went to a party for the american heart association in the nascar hall of fame in charlotte and my mom happens to work for a company that was a sponsor of that event and there was a really famous Olympic swimming champion who spoke in, at the meeting and raised awareness about it. So we are asking you guys to go to the website, www.heart.org and donate to help fight heart disease. It's something that's going on in the world right now, super big. And also something that was at the party, but something big news for the podcast. And I haven't told Akimers this, so he's probably really surprised. Um, but my dad was fortunate enough to talk to the mother of NBA player Solomon Hill. And she promised my dad and my, me to go reach out to him, Tyrese Maxey, Joel Embiid, and a few other players to come on to the legendary DE podcast <laughs> in the next probably six months. So, you know, we have some big stuff planned. So if you guys want to see them on the podcast, make sure to subscribe because you are going to regret it if you don't. Um, wow. Wow. So- Wow, yeah, so, that's that's crazy. Yeah, so definitely big news. Um, that's what my dad told me, so it's not my fault if it's not true. Um, but <laughs> I was definitely surprised about that. Even having like Solomon Hill, even though he's like okay, like he's still. I, I was you having can't a, say that now. I, no, I know, but like just having an NBA player on the podcast would be crazy. Um, but yeah, I think kind of speaking about Joel and B and all these players, we can move on to another humongous topic. Um, we have the NBA All-Star Draft. I'm disappointed. But, um, you know, obviously I'm rooting for Team LeBron because, you know, Freddie's on it. Um, but I'll give a little recap on who's playing for both teams. So we do have, just before, we have All-Star replacements. We have Lamelo Ball, DeJounte Murray. I think we already said that. But just another recap, we have them as replacements for Kevin Durant, and Draymond Green. And for Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum will be starting in his second All-Star game. So the All-Star draft, Team LeBron, the starters are Giannis Acampo, Stefan Curry, DeMar DeRozan, LeBron, and Jokic. So it's unfair. The reserves, Jimmy Butler, Luka Doncic, Darius Garland, James Harden, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and Fred VanVleet. Um, but Team Durant, we have... Kevin Durant, who was a starter, but not Jason Tatum. Joel Embiid, John Morant, Andrew Wiggins, Trey Young. Reserves, we have Lamelo, Devin Booker, Rudy Colbert, Zach Levine, Chris Middleton, Shante Murray, and Kat. Um, I think I'll start off with my opinion. I mean, definitely Team Durant is a younger team. Um, with Ja, Tatum, Wiggins, Trey, Lamelo, Booker, uh, Shante Murray. But come on. You can how do you have how, how do you have Giannis, Steph, Demar, Jokic, Doncic on the bench, and LeBron on the same team, and then James Harden? I don't understand. Like Kevin Durant, like I knew it was, this was gonna happen. Like how? <laughs> <laughs> like how? I mean, I was surprised. Like I get that maybe he didn't want to draft Steph Curry with like the second pick. Because I don't know, they were teammates and now he's competing. I don't know what the reason is. Right. But when he picks when he picked uh Joel Embiid over Steph Curry, I was like, he's really gonna give Giannis and Steph to LeBron. Oh my I, like, I was just like I, it's Joel Embiid over Steph Curry. I get Joel's like really good and he's been playing like amazing, but like it's Steph Curry. You need good I mean, they have at least they didn't give Jean Morant to Team LeBron. I mean, they have Ja, they have Trey Young, two guys that are going to be dominant Andrew Wiggins exciting so all of these people I, I was Jason Tatum is not a first time all-star but like half their starting lineup is the our first time all-stars and then their bench is actually I'm, I'm actually not this is solid for entertainment purposes you will know Devin Booker's going to come out and play well I already know that they have a good two big good big men and Rudy and Carl Anthony then Jet Je- DeJounte Chris Levine I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not like last year was completely lopsided, but like, come on, like you have like a finals MVP, MVP, like <laughs> best, one of the best players in Toronto Raptors history, considered the GOAT, but he's not, uh, <laughs> reigning MVP, 
Um, I could have won the finals until like Jimmy Bauer could have won the finals in 2020. Luka Doncic scored 51 like a couple of nights ago. Darius Garland, most improved player of the year. James Harden, I mean, old, but like not bad. Like, MVP, Donovan, previous MVP, yeah. Yeah, previous MVP. Donovan Mitchell, uh, Chris Paul, like leader in assists. Fred VanVleet, future MVP and, and two-time NBA champion. Um, like, <laughs> like, like, come on. Like, it's so, like, I don't understand. Like, why would you do that? I just don't – I'm just, like – it was – first of all, I watched – I didn't catch it live, but I did watch it after. And I saw, like, Nikola Jokic was the last pick by either team, and LeBron picked him. Like, how could you leave Jokic up there? I mean, I, all these guys are great, but like Jokic is literally the reigning MVP. He's having, he's probably going to be the MVP again, uh, looking at it this season. Like, I, I don't understand how you can leave him on there at last, especially if you're team KD. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Durant literally picked Rudy Gobert over James Harden, and everyone knows why. Well, Braun was really laughing when he said that because of like, you know, he got traded and everything. Um, but like, come on, like, think about who got traded. Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, they're still. Like, I mean, they won the championship together, obviously. But James Harden and Kevin Durant went, went through everything, like injuries, everything. Why do, do they, why does it need to be this personal? <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, and then, like, um, James, like, Kyrie Irving and LeBron. Like, it's not that they hate each other. Kyrie, you betrayed us. What are you doing? No, like, you got traded. Okay. It, was, it wasn't a good trade for, for Cleveland. But, like, they're still It was friends. honestly a better trade for Cleveland than Boston, if you think about it. Yeah, but like, huh? I mean, yeah, I, I mean, don't like Kevin Durant. Like, it does not sound like he's picking like actual like, like he's trying to win. He's either trying to have fun, or he's just trying to put his friends on the team and not have like old teammates on the team. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you don't take James. Like, I get it. I get it that he just left and all that, but you just gotta take him because he's the best player available and even more than that like i just can't believe like okay i get lebron gets Giannis because he got the first pick but then after that i think you got to go to steph curry and you got to try and get demar Derozan over someone like at least you got john Moran, but i think you definitely want demar Derozan over jason tatum this year so hopefully hopefully it's still a good game hopefully it's nice and competitive but i think team lebron's gonna take it again yeah i think you're gonna take it uh, yeah, but I I'll think... say I'll say Team LeBron by ten points. <laughs> okay, um, but also guys, we didn't really um, include it in here, but we do have the skills challenge teams. Um, I mean, just like a little recap of them. I mean, we have the, all of the Acampo brothers. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I say Acampo. I'm just so used to it now, but. Um, we do have um, the Antetokounmpo brothers. We have Scotty Barnes. Oh, yeah, I have it open right now. We have the Antetokounmpo brothers, Alex, Giannis, and Thanasis. Giannis. 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 Genesis Um, But then we have the Rooks. We have Scotty Barnes, Josh Giddy, and Kate Cunningham. And then we have the Cavs, Jared Allen, Darius Garland, and Yvonne Mobley. Um, so it is live from the land, Cleveland, Saturday, February 19th at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Obviously, we have a Cavs team because it's literally in Cleveland. Um, <laughs> but, but, but I'm super excited. That's, that's, that's going to be super fun. Um, but, I mean, all, I, the All-Star game has upset me so much. I think we have to kind of move on. Um, but we, we have the NBA trade deadline. So, you know, wow. Daniel had a lot of tests in school, so he didn't really get a chance to see all the trades. I know the major trades, but so I think we'll start. We have Sabonis. So I knew Sabonis. I didn't know who those. We have Tyrese Halliburton. Buddy. He- oh, okay. Buddy Heald. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Um, Justin Thompson. And then Sacramento received Demonte Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, and a 2023 second round pick. Okay, I think we can just go trade by trade and kind of just say our thoughts. Uh, but in my opinion, I did not know Buddy Heald was in there. I didn't know Jerry, Jeremy Lamb was in there. But overall, if you wanted to ask me who won the trade, I mean, I think Indiana kind of won the trade um, because 
actually take that back because of Karis Silver. But we'll talk about that later. But um, I mean, hmm. I mean, I think the Pacers took away a lot of their talent. They took away Karis Silver, Demontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb. They did bring in young guys and Tyrese Halberton, Buddy Heald. And I think maybe in the future around Tyrese Halberton, they could like rebuild around him. Um, or but um, I don't know. I think it, I'm I'm kind of so trying to think on who won the trade, but I kind of think that like it could go either way. For me, I think yeah, I I honestly think it could go either way because like here's the thing, right? I don't get why they traded. I get why they traded Tyrese Halberton. I don't at the same time like. I feel like you should try and trade if you're gonna trade one of your point guards because they both play the same position, Tyrese Halliburton, De'Aaron Fox. I feel like you should try and trade De'Aaron Fox because he's older, and I think Tyrese Halliburton might show has shown more potential um, in these past two seasons. But I think Buddy Heald, they, it's good that they got traded him away because he hasn't been having a good season this year, and there's been rumors about him leaving for like I don't even know the past three seasons now. Um, Sacramento getting Sabonis is good. They got rid of Michael, uh, not Michael Porter Jr. They got rid of uh, Marvin Bagley the third, um, who was their main big guy. So uh, it was good that they got Sabonis in return, who is definitely going to be an All Star for years to come. Uh, let me see. But the Kings have won two games also um, in the in since the trade. Uh, they won two games with Sabonis and Fox, and they have looked like a pretty good duo. Yeah, I think Sabonis. Uh, they- I think Sabonis and Fox are a really good duo. But again, I think the Pacers have a lot of young talent. They have Therese Howerton. They have Chris Duarte still, so don't forget about that. Um, so Chris Duarte and Therese Howerton, that would be a really good duo, in my opinion. Um, but seeing how they played in their first one to two games after the trade, they lost by a lot to the Cavs. They were up by like 25, and then they lost by like 12. So definitely need to work on that. But I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I, th- I think like, I think that the, the Pacers are more like a long-term thing. You'll see it maybe in the next five or three or four years, uh, whether or not the trade paid off, whether or not Tyrese Halliburton becomes really good, Chris Duarte becomes really good because they're both like second year and first year players. But on the Kings side, I think you got to see whether or not by next season, they can really get themselves in the play in tournament because uh, Sabonis is not like how old is Sabonis? Um, I think he's like just about to be 30. I could be wrong. Oh no, he's, he's only 25, actually. Oh, so he's young. He's young, why? actually. Wait, why does he look so old? Because <laughs> he's, he's a beard. It's like Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams yeah. looks so old, right? How, how, how old is he? Stephen Adams is like 27. Wait, Stephen what? Adams is 28 years old. <laughs> <laughs> what? He looks like he's like 58. <laughs> what? It's the beard. I'm telling you, it's the beard. It is the beard. He's 20. Oh my. <laughs> it doesn't it feel like doesn't it feel like Steven Adams has been in the league forever? Yeah, he's been in the league when he was like eight, 18. No, he was in the league when he was 17. Dang. And he yeah. was the 12th pick. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. I did not realize that Sabonis was so young. So maybe this trade is actually way better than I think it is. Because since Sabonis is only twenty-five, like that means he still has a he hasn't even reached his prime yet. So he has a lot of time. So yeah. I think I think I'm gonna say Sacramento wins right now in the short term, honestly, and yeah. then Indiana might win in the long term. But um, I think, but yeah, the Aaron Fox is twenty-four. So he's not old. He's younger than Sabonis. So <laughs> I think, I mean, we had rumors that, like, he wants to leave. I, In my opinion, if I was him, I wouldn't leave. Now you have you and your average – you're averaging almost 22 points per game. You're having a really good year. Um, I mean, not your best. Last year he averaged 25 points. But I think definitely they're – I wouldn't be – like, they could play together for the next 10 years, like, at a decent, like – you know, pace. Yeah, maybe so, maybe they'll finally make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I have never seen them make the playoffs since I was born. So, um, yeah, I think they could. Um, but I think we can move on to another pretty big trade. We have CJ McCollum traded from the rebuilding Cavaliers. So we have 
Blazers. I didn't say Cavaliers. Um, the Pelicans received CJ McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., and Tony Snow. And then Portland received Josh Hart, Thomas Sedaransky, Nikhil Alexander Walker, DD Lozada, 2022 first round pick that's protected, and then two future second round picks. So um, I did watch the first game of him there, um, CJ McCollum. He scored 15 points. The team got blown out. Um, <laughs> in my opinion, <laughs> in my opinion, I think Portland's doing a great job. They're bringing in young guards, such as Josh Hart. I think Sedaransky is a little bit older, but Nikhil Alexander Walker is young. And they have a first-round pick that's protected for next year, or this year, I should say. Um, so I definitely think that Portland did win the trade. You know, Orleans, TJ McCollum is not having a good year. Um, he's getting older. Um, so I think that, I mean, if, if you wanted to, like, revolve around Brandon Ingram as a rebuild, I feel like they're kind of doing that now. But listen, Zion has to lose, like, 400 pounds and come back to the league. Like, <laughs> he has to come back. Um, because based on how the Pelicans are doing right now, they're not playing well right now. Um, and I think this is a good opportunity for Portland to kind of get back in their eyes. I saw their game uh, against the Knicks. Um, it was a very impressive game. I mean, Josh Hart played really, really well. Um, the Blazers did win by nine. Um, so they're currently 23 and 34. Not a good record. I wouldn't be surprised if they're like top 10 in the West, though. They're 10th in the West. Oh, yeah, oh, nice. 11 games below 500. In the Eastern Conference, 10th place is 26 and 29. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like just to put it in theory, the number 13 seed is like one game, as like two games behind Portland, who's 10th. So um, it's definitely like big. But I'm honestly, I think Portland has a great future set up for them rebuilding i mean um and also their young garden and Fernie simmons he had he had 30 points yusuf nurkic had 12 points 20 rebounds um wow josh hart did have 23 points so extremely solid um but then they also did trade justice winslow has 14 points in his debut um but then we did not have um wazada play we didn't have um some other guys play but honestly yeah. I, I think it's great for portland i mean um to kind of like especially now that lillard's out i mean and, and if he comes back like revolving around him and then you have josh hart who can maybe be your new duo or you know other guys so i think it's definitely big for them yeah i think i think it's good because i think lillard will probably be out for the rest of the season i wouldn't be surprised if he just sits out and so i think even just this year itself they could just use it as a way to develop like anthony simons who's having a great year with both uh, with both of those guys out and then obviously uh, Josh Hart just got added develop him a little more just give all these guys more playing time so they can understand a bigger role and then once Lillard comes back you can really start to um, make a run for the playoffs and start to build off of that by making some moves in the summer in the draft and and getting the players you need because actually it, it's interesting because even though the Blazers are not good this year they weren't good last year um Lillard is still Lillard still wants to stay with the franchise and the franchise still wants Lillard to stay around. So there's like, it's, it's a weird situation where like both guys, both sides want uh, the other to stay and they're like, let's make this work. So I think just what they're doing is really good um, from the Pelican side. CJ McCollum. Um, I think he's, he's a good addition. He'll help with more scoring depth, especially with Zion wherever Zion is, um, he's, Zion's probably going to leave. I, that's, that's what I'm thinking. He's, but, probably, he's probably eating Doritos on his couch right now. I don't, I don't even know. I think Zion is probably gone for the Pelicans in the next year or so. But Brandon Ingram, he, they should be building around him. CJ McCollum will be good. But the Pelicans, they're not, they're not close to being even like a six seed um, in the West. So Blazers, I think, pretty easily win this one. CJ McCollum is kind of old. He's not a good defender. He's really good for teams but that are actually, in the playoffs. The Pelicans are 22 and 34. They're half a game behind the Blazers, who are 23 and a half games behind the first seed, who are 10th in the in the West. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> it. like, it's like the it's, West has like the best teams, but then also the worst teams. Yeah, like the West, like the 10 seed is 23 and a half games behind the first seed. In the East, the 10 seed is um, 
10 games behind the first, which is still wow. a lot, but it's not bad. So, and the sixth seed for the East <laughs> Raptors are five <laughs> games behind. And then the sixth, the sixth seed in the West are 15 games behind the first seed. Wow. The fourth seed are 11 games behind the third seed. The third seed is seven games behind the first seed. So actually, I don't think it's because like necessary because of how bad they are. I think it's because of how good the Suns are. They're forty-six and ten. They're back on another five-game winning streak. They're nine and one in their last ten games. They're twenty-two and five on the road, twenty-four and five at home. Um, so honestly, I think the Suns are they they're gonna they look. I wouldn't be surprised. Seventy-two and ten. You know, they're forty-six and ten. <laughs> Twenty-six game winning streak. No, but in all seriousness. If they get 70 wins, I would not be surprised. I think it kind of depends on their schedule because they're 46 and 10. That means they have to be 26 and 2, um, which is kind of big. But I won't be surprised. Like, I don't know. You can you can contradict if you want, but I think that they could be like a 67 and 15 team. I mean, look, their schedule right now. They they're playing the Clippers, the Rockets, the Thunder, the Pelicans, the Jazz. Then they have the Blazers, the Knicks, the Bucks, the Magic, the Heat. Oh, they do have a loss versus the Raptors. Uh, the Lakers. Yeah, we'll the, see. We'll see about we'll that. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Lakers, <laughs> Pelicans, Rockets, Bulls, Sacramento, Minnesota. So I, I'm not going to go on because it's a lot. But, like, most of them is are bad teams. But then at the end of March, they play really good teams. And then they have a hard schedule to close out the season. But, like, they have, like, out of, like, let's just say their next, like, 20 games – like at least like 12 of them or 14 of them are like, you know, like winnable. So like, or at least guaranteed winnable. So yeah, I be I, yeah, I think I'm kind of agreeing with you. I think that they'll have like above 65 wins. I know it's really hard to do that even with how good they are right now, but I think they will be a 65 plus win team. And I think they're definitely going to get to the second round, if not the Western conference finals at minimum, but Kind of talking a little more about the West, I think we can talk about the Mavericks and what they just recently did at their trade deadline. Um, so, Kristaps Porzingis is finally out of the uh, out of Dallas after about three years uh, since he was traded. Right, the Knicks traded him while he was still injured to the Mavericks, and now the Mavericks have decided since um, he hasn't had he's never really returned to what he was uh, during that 2017-18 season. So the Mavericks decided to trade him to the Washington Wizards for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans, and Washington got back Chris Dobbs and a 2022 second-round pick. So, Daniel, what are your thoughts on that trade? Because, honestly, to me, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't think it really helps either team that much. Yeah, I don't think it really helps either team that much. But, like, Spencer Dinwiddie is a solid player. I mean, he played well at the beginning of the season and on the Wizards as whole. I remember about him. Um, Davis Bertans also. But um, I think mean, Porzingis, like, I can't really – I haven't really watched him that much, but I, I heard that he wasn't, like, that good. Um, they'd help my fantasy team a little bit, but not that good. Um, <laughs> but I definitely think that, like, Dallas might have done it better because they got a decent forward in Bertans. Then Woody's a good guard with Luka and Brunson. Um, so, in my opinion, I don't really know what team won the trade. Probably Dallas because – but honestly, you never know because maybe Porzingis wanted to be in a better place. He looks super happy right now on the Wizards. So I wouldn't really be surprised on, like, if either team does good. Yeah, I think Davis Bertans, he's a good shooter. That's why he could went to Washington in the first place um, because they wanted shooters when they were still trying to, you know, make it to the playoffs. It'd be pretty good. So I think he's a good pickup for them, definitely. Uh, and Porzingis, you know, it's an interesting thing. The Washington coach, uh, Wes Unsell Jr., son of the great Wes Unsell, he actually made a comment. He was like, oh, uh, I could see Bradley Beal and Kristaps Porzingis being a very similar duo to Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. So I want to get your thoughts on that comparison. Do you really think that something like that, like something as good as that duo could po- be possible? Huh. I mean, I actually I wouldn't be surprised about that duo, but like, it, I think first we have to kind of see how they play together, how their chemistry is going to work out, and then we can kind of judge from there. 
because I think that like both of them, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're, if they're a good duo, um, but the Wizards are in a position right now where they can make the play, and I think they're 11th place right now. Um, so I think Porzingis can bring his shooting to, you know, um, and hopefully he can be more effective. I mean, and everybody ha- keeps forgetting that he's seven foot three, like he's huge. So he can like, you know, he can post people up, he can box people out, he can defend. So he needs to use his, his height to his advantage. And then Bradley Beal has to keep doing what he's doing because he's playing well, but his team's not like that good. So um, he does, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they turn out to be a really good dude together. Yeah, hopefully Bradley Beal doesn't leave first, though, because now he's thinking about, like, do I even want to be here in Washington? And that was kind of the reason why they traded for Christoph Porzingis, because they wanted another almost all-star caliber player to convince Bradley Beal to stay. So we'll see. He's out for the season right now, but we'll see if he if he requests a trade in the offseason. But I think we can move on to uh, some more just trades that happened. The first one was that the Cavs, they are having a great season right now. They're third in the – East after losing to the Sixers last night. Uh, they just acquired Karis LeVert and a second-round pick for the injured Ricky Rubio, a first-round pick, and two second-round picks. So the Pacers, uh, who obviously had Karis LeVert, got Ricky Rubio, first-round pick, and a second, two second-round picks. Cavs got Karis LeVert to add to their enormous depth already. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Cavs definitely won that trade. Um, they have Karis LeVert, Darius Garland, Laurie Markin and Yvonne Mobley and Jared Allen. That's already like a really good starting line. And then on the bench, at least next year, and maybe even Colin Sexton will start next year. You never know. Um, but, you know, you're going to have a great team. You know, bench was just solid. I, I think during the offseason, they should do some like picking around their bench because if they have a good bench and a good starting lineup, that's going to be like legendary. Um, but they did lose last night to the Sixers by um, by 10 points. Um, but, um, I mean, the guys that started last night, actually, um, Karis LeVert was on the bench while the starting lineup was Darius Garland, Jared Allen, Avon Mobley, Isaac Okoro, and Devon Wade. Um, but then you have Shetty Osman, Kevin Love. So you already have a good, and then Rajon Rondo, obviously. So your team is really good. Um, and I think if Karis LeVert's the sixth man that comes out and plays super well, that's a good team right there. So, and the Cavs are already doing super good. They're third in the East. They're one game behind second, two games behind first. So, you know, Cavs are definitely making a big statement after their last really bad seasons, obviously after LeBron having to like kind of adjust. Um, but they, they did a good job. So um, they went through that rebuilding process for two years. And now they're, they're here and they're ready to maybe make the conference finals maybe, and have a chance to maybe go to the finals, maybe. I think they, they can definitely make the second round. Conference finals, it's like, I think it would be tough because they would probably play like, like Chicago or actually, you never know because it's so close right now. So you don't know how the season's going to end. But I think it's going to be a great series. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm going to talk a little more about Indiana's side. I think Indiana just did the trade so they could get some more picks and they could obviously get rid of someone who's a little bit older. Karis Lord is still very young, but like they, they just wanted to get rid of someone. They wanted, they just they really want to just go back into rebuild mode. It's kind of obvious. They shipped out Levert, shipped out Sabonis. It's weird that Miles Turner is still on the team. Uh, that's the one that surprises me. But- I think they, I think they did that because they traded Sabonis away. So now like they, they don't want to trade him away because now they're going to have like no centers at all. So they definitely <laughs> so they definitely want to just like keep him on the team. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so moving on, I'm just gonna read through some quick trades and. You can give your thoughts. So the Celtics, they got Derek White from the Spurs for Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, a first-round pick, and a future first-round pick swap. So Spurs got a bunch of guys and two picks um, for the Celtics to, to send Derek right away. And I think that was a good decision because Derek White, he plays the same position as uh, Devontae Murray. So they kind of take away minutes from each other, which – it was it was it was working. Derek White was having a really good season when Murray was injured uh, with the, I think the ACL injury in 2018-19, but uh, since then he's really struggled uh, ever since Murray's come back just because of the fact that they overlap so much in position and they take minutes away from each other. So I think the Spurs just decided that we need to get rid of him. We're not that good a team this year. Let's try and get some more first round picks and use that to build up our young talent. And they're probably going to be good again in the next maybe 
three to four years, uh, I would say. Uh, moving on to the next trade, the Raptors. I think uh, they acquired Thaddeus Young, Drew Eubanks, and the second round pick from the Spurs for Goran Dragic, who didn't play a single game with the Raptors this season, and a first round pick. So, Daniel, what are your thoughts on that whole trade? Uh, <laughs> I mean, Goran Dragic is like such a dumbass. Like, he literally came, obviously got upset because of the whole Miami thing. And then I look on Instagram three weeks after the season begins, and he's like, oh, good vibes in Miami working out. I'm like, what the heck? You just got traded to Toronto, <laughs> and now you're working out in Miami. Like, what the heck? Um, I'm personally, I don't really care about you wearing judges. I mean, our team is so good. I mean, um, we're solid. I mean, we have we have a, a solid team. I don't know. I think we have enough guards to the point where we don't need them. But we have Fred Van Vliet. We have, you know. Gary Trent Jr. Then we on the bench we have Delonto Banton who might who should get one minutes. Malachi Flynn. I think Malachi Flynn and you two autonomy as you know as much as like you know we have enough people on the team. We only have like seven to eight players that play every game, um, and because in the starters like I, I'm looking right now like last night Siakam had 43 minutes, um, but then we had guys but everybody else had like 36 37 minutes on the starting lineup. So I definitely think that. To get somebody like Thaddeus Young, that can give Siakam a little bit more rest. Um, and, you know, Thaddeus Young can go on the court. Drew Eubanks, I do not know much about him. So, um, interesting to see what he can do on the court. Um, but then, obviously, we still have just Justin Champagny, who's out, I think, with an injury. Or he got moved to the G League. But he was a solid bench player for us. Um, but I think that's a, that was a really good trait to, to get to get Goran Dragic out of the way. Um, and to finally, you know, I don't think he did it. He caused any problems for us. He played the preseason games, and I believe maybe he played one or two games in the actual season. But I still think that like, you cannot do that. Um, like, just like I just think I, I, it was so yeah. weird that he did play. Like, why would you not want to play for the Raptors? Yeah, I mean, it's not like the Raptors suck. Like, the Raptors are a good team. Like, they're not a championship caliber team, but, you know, playoff caliber team at least. You have an all star in Fred Van Vliet, you know, a, and maybe an all like an all star in my opinion in Pascal Siakam, you know, Scotty Barnes who's top three in rookie of the in the rookie of the year race, Gage Trent who's having the season of his life, uh, Ogin Anobi who's having like the the best defensive season of his career, and then your bench Chris Boucher having the season of his life, Achoa looks really happy in Toronto, in my opinion I think he should like. I mean, even though he's a center, like I think he needs to be quicker on the court. It looks like he's a little bit slower there, but I mean, it's a, it's a center. Like you can't complain. Malachi Flynn is a great shooter. I think he should get more minutes because he's you know in the games that he's played, he's definitely showed up. Um, but then you have Delonto Banton, who's another rookie of ours. So I definitely think that you know we have, we we're, we're a really balanced team. Yeah, yeah. I it's it's so weird because. I mean, it's not like it's not like I mean the Raptors. Yes, they have good point guards. Fred VanVleet is obviously going to be over starting over Goran Dragic, but I think Goran Dragic was just mad that he didn't have a starting spot. But like I think I think that's the only reason why he probably didn't play because he was so used to being the starter in Miami um, before Kyle Lowry came there. Uh, so I don't know. It's just it's just a weird situation because. Toronto, I feel like, would be a really good like if he wanted to just play, he's not gonna he's obviously not gonna be able to play in the playoffs this year because the Spurs are I doubt the Spurs make it. Um, but I think Toronto would have just been a good place to make another run, honestly. Yeah, because I think I didn't really like Warren Chargers in the lineup. I didn't feel like we had this like, good chemistry. I mean, he and Scotty Barnes actually actually were, were, were good friends when he was on the team, but I don't really think that like he kind of matched the chemistry. Um, in my opinion. So, I mean, he did start in the preseason, and I definitely think that he did. Like, he's also old. You can't forget that he's old. So, um, I don't think we needed an old guy. Like, I mean, we have a young team. We have – I mean, our best players got drafted in, what, 2016? So, it's their sixth year in the league. They still got plenty more. Um, and those are our old – and I think our oldest player right now is Ken Birch. Um, but mm-hmm. other than that, we have a relative, a, a relative a young team. And they're all in their, and I believe they're that they're all in their twenties right now. So, um, I think 
moving on, we have the biggest trade of the century. No, I'm kidding. But um, we do have the biggest trade of the year. We have James the Beard Harden. Um, we, he's going to the Dallas Mavericks. No, I'm kidding. You know, he's going to the Philadelphia 76ers. Brooklyn receives the GOAT Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, not Steph Curry, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, the 2022 unprotected first round pick and a 2027 protected first round pick. And then Philadelphia received James Harden and Paul Gasol. Um, So, you know, lots of questions, obviously. We have, you know, I think we're going to, we're talking about our reactions, who on the trade, but the Nets have lost 11 straight games. That's like worse than the Pistons. And they're almost like out of the playing spot. It almost feels like. So was this net, like I was this trade, would this trade help? Obviously, with KD injured, um, and how will James Harden fit with Embiid? And I think I'll answer first. So, in my opinion, my reaction, I wasn't surprised because James Harden definitely wanted to be out of Brooklyn, and I knew Philadelphia was going to be the top spot. Um, I think, um, you know, Brooklyn or um, what's the word? They like to, there too many players were given for James Harden. Um, Brooklyn won the trade. Um, if, if my, in my opinion, Brooklyn won the trade. Um, after Kevin Durant comes back, your starting lineup is going to be Ben Simmons, or excuse me, my bad, Kyrie Irving. Um, I mean, I guess Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, or no, Ben, ben <laughs> Kyrie, Ir- Kyrie Irving, Seth Curry, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, and like Andre Drummond or Marcus Aldridge. But then you're going to have Andre Drummond on your bench. You're going to have Patty Mills on your bench, Nicholas Claxton, um, Joe Harris. Like, if you're like, first Brown. Exactly. Yeah. So you're, you're already going to have 10 players who are good. And, you, and then there's Cam Thomas, who's playing a lot uh, now a while. Um, Harden and Durant are injured, and he's playing well. So I definitely think that the team is looking bright. Philadelphia. Um, they're still a good team, not going to lie, but um, I think they made a mistake of trading only Seth Curry because Seth Curry was playing really well. But you're going to have a starting lineup along the lines of, like, James Harden, Danny Green, Joel Embiid, um, Matisse Thibel, and, like, um, I definitely, I'm probably missing somebody, but, like, somebody else. Or uh, Tobias Harris. Um, but definitely trading away, you know, two of your good players for playing in one guy. I mean, actually, trading on Ben Simmons was good for them. But that's, I think that's too much for James Harden and Paul Millsap. But in terms of the Sixers, I think that James Harden will fit in fine. I mean, hopefully, Joe Embiid can still be that top guy because I think if James Harden is, then they're not going to be good. These are well Embiid needs to be better. Who has better chances in the playoffs? I think that Brooklyn has a better chance. Um, and I honestly think that if, if the whole team's healthy, they'll definitely be better. I think the chemistry will be great between Seth. I think Seth Curry and Kevin Durant. I'm trying to like think, so I could, like, you know, obviously Steph and Durant, but I think Seth Curry can be like the Steph Curry and the Kevin Durant. Like, not because they're brothers, but because I feel like they have like the, sh- the same game. Like, can shoot well from three. I think Steph, Seth Curry can do a little bit more in the paint, but. I definitely think that they have, they're good, you know, Andre Drummond, so, like, bouncing off of them. And then if Ben Simmons comes back, seeing if he can make his fifth career three in the season. Um, but, um, but I did see an interview from with Steve Nash, and Steve Nash said he doesn't care about Ben's shooting. He said that, like, Ben Simmons, uh, he said he doesn't care about his shooting. He says that he, he like, he likes his other, the other part. It's not like shooting is going to, like, define him. Um, it kind of has, but, like, you know what you know what he means like um yeah it definitely like, he can rebound he can pass he's actually really good at passing he's gotten a couple triple doubles before he can score in the paint so honestly i definitely think that broken one yeah so i guess i'll go over my first my reaction i was just like why did the sixers give up so much stuff like they didn't just give up players they gave up picks too and I feel like that's just too much. Like Ben Simmons, yeah, obviously Ben Simmons is going to be going in the trade. So that's fine. I can understand like Andre Drummond. Sure. You don't really need an Andre Drummond when you have Joel Embiid. Uh, Seth Curry, I, it's a good and bad because it's like 
he was playing really well for them. He's he's a good asset, but if you have to include him, you do. But having to put two first round picks in there also, I feel like just hurts them even more. Um, because a lot, and even now, especially nowadays, like you're seeing all these teams pick up guys who were like low first round pick, low, low second round picks, undrafted players, and they're all turning out to be really, really good. So I feel like nowadays for all these good teams, if you want to get like additional, I guess, players that are going to play well for you, you go for those low first round picks, those undrafted free agents and, and, and add them to your team. So I don't think that it was great to send two picks. One should have been the max. Uh, I don't know why they wanted Paul Millsap because Paul Millsap has not been very good uh, for quite a few years now in terms of what he, what he was with the jazz when he was an all-star and all that. But I think James Harden, yeah, it's nice that they finally got him. They, they wanted to get him, like, last year when Harden was still in the Rockets. They should have just done it then. They should have gotten rid of Ben Simmons, got James Harden. I have to worry about overpay because back then James Harden was still, like, an MVP candidate every single year. So I think, I think it could be a good trade. I think in the short term it's going to help the Sixers a little more just because of the fact that with, Ky- with Kevin Durant being injured a lot, Ben Simmons, I don't know if he's going to come back this season even. And Kyrie Irving playing half the games um, in the year. There's just no way like you can have a team that goes to the Western Conference Finals like that unless Kevin Durant is putting on another East- insane performance. The Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> the Eastern Conference. Like, <laughs> like there's no – you even you have to agree. Like there's no way you can do that with one all-star playing half your games – Another guy who's supposed to be very good, good passer and uh, finisher, not playing at all. And then your main star being constantly injured also. Like, that's just not a way to play, uh, have a basketball team. So I don't think the Nets are going to do that well this year. But the Sixers, I think I picked the Sixers to go to the Western Conference Finals, honestly. Or Eastern Conference Eastern. Finals. <laughs> you keep, keep saying. saying. <laughs> <laughs> you keep saying Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I think I think the Sixers could make it though. I think it'll be the Sixers versus the Bulls in the Eastern Conference Finals because Joel Embiid is having like the best year of his career. I want to be the MVP. It's Sixers versus Raptors. What the heck? I think the Sixers are going to play the Raptors in the first round, three versus six. <laughs> Just watch. That would be a good series too, though. Fred VanVleet yeah. goes off. Oh yeah. But I, I liked your point about James Harden. Like, I don't think you can – James Harden should not be the leading scorer, honestly. Like, I, I yeah. think it has to be Joel Embiid, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, but crazy trade. Hopefully Harden can get some motivation and get back to his Houston days. Um, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, maybe Joel Embiid will inspire him to do a little more. Right now the Sixers, they are they're the fifth seed, but they're – in a three-way tie with the Cavs and the Bucks, and only two games behind the Heat. So they could be the one seed in like five games from now. So we'll see what happens. But that was just a crazy trade. I, like, I know there were rumors and stuff, but I did not think that they would actually do that. Like it was one hour before the trade deadline and they were like, I saw the report. I was like, why'd they do it so late? Like I thought they were going to do it like a day before. Yeah. Yeah, the trade deadline's always like kind of confusing. The but, Lakers still didn't make any moves. <laughs> yeah, I know they have to. LeBron's like so upset. But um, guys, I think that's gonna end the podcast for today. Definitely a packed podcast. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to subscribe, like the video on YouTube, on Instagram, posting some more content on there and then on Spotify. I have to download it. Um, so that being said, everybody, me and Acre Ranch, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Uh,